0: What up, folks? What it do? Welcome to another episode of the best advice ever podcast with your boy Mike Goodwin, the bow tie comedian. Hopefully, you are enjoying this hump day Wednesday or whenever you decide to listen to the podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we're going to start. Today's podcast with on the road again. So I just got back from I was in on in Mount, Ple- in Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. I was doing a keynote for the York Electric Co-op, basically for managers and for accountants. Doing my leadership. And laughter, keynote, which I really enjoyed, which was about so my father's funeral was on Monday. I had this engagement on Thursday, drove down <laughs> drove down to Charleston. But my mother got a little saucy with me on the phone, right? And it was very it' was very interesting. first time my mom has gotten a little saucy. So my mother called me, I'm kind of navigating my way to the venue, got the GPS, I'm not particularly sure of where I'm going, so I'm really paying attention. My mother called me, and we talked, and then I think when she calls me back, we talked a little bit, I said, hey, you know, I'm trying to figure out how to get to where I'm going, Get off the phone, she calls me back, and I just was in the mindset of, man, we just lost my dad, and typically when my mom calls, something's not right, like, it's going to require me to do something. So my mom called, I'm trying to, I think I'm trying to park, or I just parked, and I'm like, we just spoken, somebody's died. I mean, that's the first thing I thought. And so when I answered the phone, I was like, Mama, who died? And she got a little offended, like, anybody died? What you say that for? I said, well, Mama, every time you call me, something's not right. Somebody's died. Your car didn't start. There's a critter in your house. The window's broken. And there's, there's always some, some bad thing has happened. I just thought somebody died because we just Spoke a few minutes ago, and she was like, she pushed back. You don't be calling me. You don't be calling me. <laughs> and I was like, I do call you, mama. You don't be calling me either. If you calling me with bad stuff. So I'm like, mama, why you calling? Well, I locked myself out of the house. <laughs> mama, do you not see what I'm trying to communicate to you? So I did my event and I think when I got back in the car, headed home, I was like, I called my mama back. I was like, hey, just call the check and see how you're doing. She has got a nice little, nice little laugh out of that. But it's very interesting that you know I communicated this to my mama. She didn't like to hear it. She 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 clapped back. My mama get, my mama clapped back. Like, you don't be calling me either. I'm like, hey mama, I call you. But I don't have no rhyme or reason, no no frequency. I check in, and I see her because I she she works at our office, so I see. Her. But she she did not like me saying that. Not having Thursday, and I think there's another thing that happens with mom. I don't know if y'all do this. I really don't tell my mom where I'm going. Like so, when she called, she asked where I was headed, and I was like to an event. <laughs> And I don't know if it's because she's my mom and my whole life until I moved out, she asked questions that you had to answer. But when you become an adult, you're just like, hey, be easy. Uh, be, le- be easy, lady. Now, I don't do, like she said, my brother tells her, tell he's grown. I don't do that. I don't tell her I'm grown. I just, I just avoid the question. Because a lot of times, my mom is very interesting. I don't know where we're going with this information. Because it will be like, hey, mom, you know, she's like, where you, you out of town? I'm like, yeah, no. So she calls. she was like, you in town? I was like, no, ma'am. Where you at? Out of town. (laughs) Like, out of town where? Out of town, uh, headed to an event, headed to a, a function. Where? Why, mama? Why? Because what's gonna typically happen. Let's say I say Charleston. Oh, you know uh Maybell lived down in Charleston. You need to call, I'm not calling Maybell. You need to stop by Earl's house while you're in Charleston. Mama, this is a business trip. So I, I, I don't I don't have a hundred a, percent a reason why I don't, but I, I do think from the times I've said it, it's led to who lives where. And me reaching out or calling or letting them know I'm in town. And I don't want to do that. I, I just know I'm here for work. If I want to reach out. Now, there's sometimes I forget that people are where people are. So I do forget that, oh, yeah, Maybell lives there. I'm going to reach out. But for most part, if someone lives in a place that I'm going, I I, I remember that some Stage of my trip, and if I want to reach out, I reach out. It's very, it's very interesting. I'm starting to pay attention to how people navigate through life, and and I'm I'm not a Hollywood person. If I'm talking to you and I say I'm gonna call you or we need to get together, I, I truly mean that. If I say, yeah, man, let, give me hit me up, let's do some lunch, or Sometimes they'll be like, hey, we need to get together for, you know, get our wives together and go out on a date. If I'm like, yeah, we need to do that, I really mean we need to do that. I'm not just blowing smoke, as some people would say. And if I'm not interested in that, I'll say that, too. I'll say, yeah, my schedule's pretty packed, I doubt. Let me, I'll circle back around. You know, I, I'll I'll say it in a diplomatic way manner but i'm not gonna fake like oh yeah let's get together i'm not getting together it's like you're in the mall you see somebody that you went to high school with you ain't taught this person in years i'm talking about decades you haven't taught this person y'all catch up you say what's up man Blase, man you look good how's the family where you at you you do all that Hey, man, we need to exchange numbers, man, so I can, we, can, we, can, we can link up. No. There's a reason why I haven't seen you in decades. There's no need to start linking up. This is not, this is not a link up situation. And I do get my little feelings hurt because I'm out here in these comedy streets and in these, these pastor's appreciation streets and volunteer appreciation speech streets and date night streets and I meet some cool people and people are like, hey man, let's stay connected. And I'm like, yeah, let's stay connected. And then let's say there's a situation with a couple of months from from the point we met. I'm like, hey man, I'll be in town and it's crickets. So I just feel like, hey man, if you, if you initiate some type of, let's stay connected, let's stay, and then when someone makes the effort to connect you continue to be disconnected i'm just like what are we doing man this, this is like enjoy the time that we have with each other and then after that time's on keep it moving we gotta like have this unrealistic expectation that from this point forward we gotta stay in contact it's very strange it's very weird it's very weird to do it with people that you've known maybe Grew up with, went to college with, were in the army with, you know, some type of relationship like that. But it's very, very strange to do this with strangers. You meet somebody, they just happen to pick you up, take you, pick you up at the airport, take you to the hotel, take you to the venue. Y'all have some discussions. Maybe y'all go and grab some lunch. Have dope conversation. And I was like, hey, man, I want to stay connected. No, we're not not gonna stay connected so that was thursday then friday i would i flew into denver but i was in a place littleton uh, colorado where i did an event for project 127 and it basically assisting folks to become foster parents to adopt children and just doing some magnificent magnificent work as it relates to being the hands and feet of, of jesus in the earth and assisting folks that want to foster with children and insisting children to find families. And and the thing I really thoroughly enjoyed, because it was a fundraiser and I did a set, they 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 exceeded their goal for the night of the money they were trying to raise, but they were doing a lot of video and testimonials throughout the night. And what really blessed me was in the concept of sharing these stories about foster parents and, and these children that are, are being fostered or adopted, they talked about both the hard and the hope. And I found that to be very refreshing. Oftentimes, people just talk about the good side of things, they talk about the benefits, but they don't talk about the messy, nuanced, difficult challenge of bringing a stranger into your home. and and raising a child that's not your biological child and unpacking the trauma that the child shows up uh, to your home with. And so I really was grateful that they really communicated. Yeah, this is hard, but it also provides a, a tremendous amount of hope, tremendous amount of fulfillment and a tr- tremendous amount of ministry that extends beyond generations of of, of families and kind of reversing the curse that many folks have encountered through their family relationships and their bloodlines. So I had a wonderful time in Denver, Colorado, Littleton. My cousin, <laughs> my cousin Woody came through. Uh, Jerome, Jerome. You know, we got these, we got these nicknames. Uh, at, at the funeral, I shared my nickname, and now we got a couple of people at my church calling me by my nickname, and it it doesn't bother me. Like, I don't care. <laughs> I'm an a adult, adult man. But I, I don't know. I guess if I was, you know, some, some younger version of myself would have been like, man, go ahead, man. Don't be calling me that man. But now, like, yeah, that's my nickname. We good. So that's on the road. We was on this road. Man, something really funny happened on the flight going to Denver. The guy, so I'm sitting, I, so I don't, know your, I don't know your flight preference, seating. I don't know your seating preference on flights. Number one, I'm going to fly Delta. I'm a Delta flyer. Matter of fact, I fly Delta to the extent that I would drive an hour, maybe two hours. To take a Delta flight and maybe drive to the actual venue, let's say a city. Now, I, I, now I, I'm challenged by this because I think in January I have to fly either Southwest or American because where they're going, where I'm going, I, Delta's not an option. It's not even I think it's like four hours away, so that's not that's ridiculous. I'm going to fly one of the other carriers. But my preference is Delta. I prefer to have the aisle seat on the right side of the plane. I'll I'll take the aisle seat right or left, but my preference typically is the right side of the plane just because I like to get in and to get out. The other the other preference, if I can't have the aisle seat, I'll do the window seat. Would prefer not to do the window seat, but prefer the aisle seat on the right side. Used to be the left side when I had when I injured my Achilles, but I don't have any like it's not any pain or anything. I used to try to have to need it to be stretched out, but that's not that's not a concern anymore. So the right side is part of my preference. But if I'm not able to do the aisle, I want to do the window. I don't like the middle. Is there anyone that likes the middle? I think my wife likes the middle when we fly because we fly together, so she doesn't care about the aisle or the window. As long as I'm on either side of her, she's just giddy, 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 right? But that's my preference. I love being in the in the, in the on the aisle seat. Well, you know, we're loading, we're boarding and the person, so I'm I'm sitting on the aisle and the person in the window is in her seat and a gentleman comes on the flight and he goes and puts his bag up, but he go, he's supposed to sit in the middle, but he, he goes beyond the seat, realizes he made a mistake. So now you got to fight back upstream, right? And so he finally gets to the seat. It was like, hey, I'm in the middle. I'm sorry. It's my first time flying. And so I was like, man, this is a grown... He wasn't young. You know, he wasn't like a teenager. He wasn't even like a college student. He was an adult. I wouldn't say... I would say at least early... I would at least say mid-30s. He was like, man, I'm so sorry. This is... Uh... First time flying. So I was like, oh, that's pretty interesting. So people let him, you know, get by. He got back into the seat. So when I sat down, I was like, man, this is your first time flying? He's like, no, I just say that when I do stupid stuff on the flight. (laughs) It was a white dude. White dudes be doing stuff like that. The white boys. (laughs) That's the white boy stuff right there, man. (laughs) The guy was like, this is my first time flying. Like, I just... White boys, man. That's white boy stuff. Now, I maybe should have warned y'all because I know somebody's listening like, oh, he's talking about race. I don't like to be identified by my race. Why do we have to talk about race? Hey, man, I'm just saying, white boys be doing some very creative, interesting things. I, if I just make a mistake on a flight, i am like, hey, man, I'm sorry. That's my seat right there. And I sit my butt down. I was like, Hey, sorry, excuse me. First time flying. <laughs> Had it not be my first time flying. If I tell you it's my first time flying, it's literally my first time flying. But the way he said it and, and how, I was just like, this seems a little bit suspicious. That When I say white boy stuff, I'm thinking like frat. You know, like the Sigma Gamma Xamma, five, five. <laughs> uh, Pi, my pi, I can't sigma nu or yeah or a, a, a kappa alpha. You know those those shenanigans and antics by the standard fraternity guy that is of Caucasian persuasion. So that's that's kind of the hijinks that I'm thinking about when the guys like, "Hey man, I'm sorry, this is my first time flying." I think about some some frat stuff, some silly, some silly fraternity guy pranks and uh, shenanigans and that was from the mind of Mike now for the moment we've all been waiting for the best advice ever man yes this is something that I have recently understood and I don't think anyone's ever said this to me or I, I've heard it in the way that I'm about to communicate And the best advice ever today is don't want an outcome for a person more than they want it for his or herself. Again, don't want an outcome for a person more than they want it for his or herself. For example, over the years, I've met folks that are like, man, Mike, I want to do stand-up. I'm thinking about a person in particular that very talented individual, very charismatic, very um, engaging in, in their ability to communicate, and very funny, very humorous. This person is very talented in terms of just gifts and abilities, can sing, can act. It's just a total total package. Well, this individual was like, hey, Mike, I want to do some stand-up. And and, and we you know, I advised him he did some sets. And I could see that boy, if this guy really committed to doing this stand up man, he could he kill it, he could rock it out, but there's gonna be a long investment like you just don't show up on Friday, and then all of a sudden you headlining on next tuesday that's just that's not how comedy works. And I found myself wanting it more for this individual than they want it for themselves. Like, Hey man, you did do an open mic. Hey man, did you contact a uh, old girl about this, about the opportunity to be on the show? Like I'm, I'm pushing. And with, what I've noticed with people now, I'm not talking about your children. I think children are a, a protected community. I think that we should have high standards and we should cultivate groom and, and and parent them into their potential their full potential but i'm talking about maybe family members people that we're in a relationship folks that are definitely peers or, or of of similar age or may not be your same age but you may be an older cousin older brother younger brother type scenario and they need you just to be the family member they don't need you to be the life coach They don't need you to be the authoritarian and and I I, I'm talking to myself as much as anybody. I I was talking to a family member recently and I, I, they communicate their appreciation that uh, something I did and they were so grateful for it. And I ended up saying, yeah, thanks. I appreciate that. And I said a few things, but the one the other things I said, I just want to see you be the best version of yourself. So that's where the rub comes in. Because I want to see this person be the best version of themselves. But what if this person doesn't want to be the best version of themselves? Like, therein lies the problem. Now, I'm not saying that we don't, we don't inspire individuals to become who we see them to be. Or communicate that in general. Just say, I really see... The potential. I see you doing so much more. I see all the gifts and talents that you have. I just... I'm a little disappointed that you've not taken advantage. I think we can do that, but I think there also is a level of, of like, like back up out of that. Like, just step away and be a brother. Be a sister. Be a friend. Even in our spouses. I was having a conversation with a friend of mine who was talking about how, in, in some regards, he's outgrown his spouse. And it's like, what, I'm I'm supposed to throw my spouse away now that I've outgrown her in some degree and she doesn't have any intention of wanting to grow at the same level, at the same pace that I've grown. But now do we throw people away? And so my advice is to not want outcomes more than the person that you're in relationship with because what will happen is it'll strain the relationship, and you're 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 trying to be encouraging. You're trying to be a resource. You're trying to be helpful, and you're being a nuisance. You're being a judge. You're being Simon Cowell of this person's life, and they don't want to perform for you. They just want you to be in relationship with them. They. Know that if they had a question, if they needed some help, they could come to you. But you so actively trying to drill sergeant them into their potential, into their greatness, into the best version of themselves that that y'all have estranged the relationships quietly. Because in those instances, in my experiences, folks just stop talking to you. Like they just start backing away from you because they don't want to hear it. It's like, hey man, I just need you to be my brother right now. I don't need you to be my parole officer. So, my advice for those of you that are in the earth navigating relationships, and that's all of us, don't want outcomes in other people's lives more than they want it for themselves. Like, it has to be internal. I just had a conversation about now again, children are different. I had a conversation with my son and I'm trying to communicate to him like I need your language and your actions to line up. One of the biggest challenges in life, we say this but we do that. I want to lose weight, but I'm at the all you can eat buffet. I want to be a better husband, but I don't treat my wife Gently and kindly, and I don't, I'm not, I'm not um, thoughtful about how I communicate in the house, because I feel like I just got to be myself. What's, Id- what's vitally important is that what you say and what you do are very close together, as close as possible. And sometimes, you know, I don't want to add more advice onto the advice, but sometimes we're saying too much. You talk too much. Oh, boy, you never shut up. I said you talk too much. Stop talking so much. But that's another podcast advice episode. That's not this podcast advice episode. This podcast advice episode is don't want outcomes more than the person. More Don't want something, an outcome for someone else's life more than they want it for their own self. That's been the best advice ever podcast and now as we get to the end of the podcast i want to share this what you're not gonna do so what one of the things i want to talk about a little bit is the idea of clean comedy and the idea i think sometimes folks uh treat me as though i'm like on this mission field for clean comedy i'm Carrying the banner for clean or Christian or gospel. And I'm not. I'm really not. I'm just authentically being who I am. And, and, and that is a representation. And here's another idea around that. People will, will give you the conversation, or I'll, have, I'll get a conversation with people. Like Christian comedy, got uh, clean comedy, got to be so much harder. And I don't know if I talked about this. But comedy is hard. <laughs> comedy in and of itself is hard. So my analogy is it's like, it's like comedy is a marathon. Running a marathon is difficult. I don't care what state you run it in, what time of the day, 26.3 miles, I think it is. I'm not sure about the point. I think twenty six point six miles because I ran a half marathon. I think that's thirteen point three. But I may be I may be incorrect. It may be, uh, let me ask my phone. Let's ask Siri. How many miles is a marathon? Woo. Twenty six point two two. That sounds like twenty six point two. <laughs> I don't know where that other two two came from. But running a marathon is hard. Doing stand-up comedy is hard. If you do it clean, I think you just running a marathon with a jacket on. I think that's the difference. Like comedy's hard. There's I'm not doing anything more difficult than the person is using language. Comedy is hard. So I there's no I don't I don't I'm not I don't even think it's like a weight vest. It's just a, it's a little bit more uncomfortable. It's still hard, but it's not like I'm out here with armor on, right? And the other thing that people have this conversation sometimes tend to forget as it relates to me, I was raised watching entertainment that did not have language in it. I watch The Little Rascals, Three Students, Good Times, The Jeffersons. There might have been one cuss word. Looney Tunes, they don't even speak. The roadrunner didn't even talk, and I laughed. It was meet me. Now it wasn't stand-up, but it still produces laughter. Like it's I watch these things. I watch Gilligan's Island and Andy Griffin and all of this entertainment that folks would not use in language fat albert and the cosby show and i laughed and i laughed and i laughed so i don't think i'm doing something that's foreign i don't think i'm doing this yeoman effort this herculean task of doing clean comedy i'm doing clean comedy because it's a out shoot of who mike goodwin is it's it's it's, 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 it's pretty consistent to how I navigate through life, how I communicate in general. I'm not in my house cussing my children. As a matter of fact, my father has used all the language for the Goodwin generations. Like if we didn't use another cuss word, foul word, we're covered. Like my my father has extended our cussing warranty. Like it's... (laughs) <laughs> so they we don't have to uh, another good one has another has, have to never has to say another blue vulgar offensive whatever whatever you, however you choose cuss I, that's a, I'm from the south so we say cuss words cuss Boy in here cussing so yeah you're not you're not gonna hear me cussing that's just that's just not my stilo which aka for swag even when I even when I was, I, and I wasn't like I was big time cussing like in the sixth grade. That's that was my whole thing. When I was, I was a young church kid, church kid, stayed in church, always in church, and then got to middle school, and boy, I got, I got, a, I got a hold of them cuss words, and so I was cussing it up. But I literally remember going to basic training and having like bets with other other uh, soldiers about not cussing like that whole little that whole little stretch i was really man i was really i was really in a relationship with god in basic because the chapel was the only time you could get away from the barracks be like hey sign me up i'm going to church because if you stayed in the barracks they gonna find something even though it's kind of quote unquote our day off on sunday they are gonna find something for you to do. So I'm going to church. am get these little butter cookies in this juice. And I'm listening to this man talk about God for 25 minutes, <laughs> and I'm gonna try not to cuss. So God can smile His benevolent light upon me. But yeah, that's just not that's just not how I, I get down, folks. So thank y'all again. What you're not gonna do is think that is impossible. For someone to be entertaining without using language. And I am committed to my brand of comedy is refreshingly funny comedy. When you walk away from an experience with me, you feel a little bit lighter, a little bit more encouraged, and a little bit more inspired. Well, this has been the Best Advice Ever podcast. Thank you all for tuning in to another episode. Do all the things. Like, subscribe leave a comment if you have any questions you can email those at info at both at uh mikegoodwin.com again that's info at mikegoodwin.com comedian Mike let's get that correct i'm sorry info at comedian Mike thank y'all again for checking in with me on the best advice ever podcast i'll see you next week same bat channel. Same back time. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here with me, and I appreciate it. Peace.